You are listening to Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, with your host, Randy Sutton. Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, with your host, Randy Sutton, 34-year police veteran and the founder of The Wounded Blue, the national assistance and support organization for injured and disabled law enforcement officers. On this show, we talk about all things law enforcement, uh, articles ripped out of the news, but told from a law enforcement perspective. We have lots to talk about today, so let's take a walk into the briefing room, where I'm going to give you my view from the blue. We keep on hearing about defunding the police and abolishing the police and left-leaning politicians uh, setting more and more anti-law enforcement legislation against the police. We're hearing that the police are racist murderers and the, the, the politicians who are screaming for accountability of policing are painting the picture that the police are the enemy. Well, they're doing something wrong, apparently, because there's a new poll. And that new poll shows 77% of the people want more police on the streets. Now, there's a poll you probably haven't heard on mainstream media, I'm going to be guessing. Recently, the Democrats have suggested that the GOP is behind defunding the police around America. Now, it's outrageous, of course, and it makes you wonder why Democrats claim something so radical. Anyone watching the news knows that the left has supported Black Lives Matter and the continuous war to get rid of police. But the reality is that the people of this country want something far different, and this poll proves it. So it's really interesting that despite the rhetoric of the left and their their familiars, if you will, in the industry of the media who simply mimic and, and keep on reiterating the left's um, policies and, and, and viewpoints, the people want something different. So it's, it's something that I think maybe perhaps are we starting to see a little bit of change coming? I sure as hell hope so because we really cannot take much more of this critical rise in crime. I call it a tsunami of crime. But it's going to take the people, the voters, to rise up and say, enough is enough. Talk about lawmakers. This this is the gift that keeps on giving, apparently, because this story has been going for about a month or so. It's out of St. Paul, Minnesota. Lawmaker lies about being racially profiled on traffic stop. And he originally blocks the body cam video from being released. But the police chief finally said, you know what? I'm going to release it anyway. And it shows exactly what happened. The St. Paul police chief, Todd Axtell, publicly denounced State Representative John Thompson, 
Democrat, of course, from Minnesota, for allegedly lying about being racially profiled during a traffic stop. Chief Axtell called Thompson out on, on a Facebook post demanding he apologize to the sergeant who cited him for driving while suspended. So this guy gets stopped because of a traffic violation. It turns out that his license is suspended. I guess what he's suspended for? For not paying his child support. So not only is this turd a liar, he's also a deadbeat dad. And then he made a a public announcement about how he was racially profiled by the police and tried to create all kinds of stir. And then the truth came out. But as the karma train sometimes happens, it came barreling down on, on Thompson because it was then discovered when they started looking into his background. First of all, it doesn't look like he even lives in the district that he claimed to be living in when he was elected. That's an election law violation. Then they came to find out that he also had several domestic violence arrests on his record, including exposing himself to children. And the, 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 the facts of the domestic violences were so, <laughs> so incredibly uh, embarrassing if you will, that now even the governor and other lawmakers are demanding that he resign. So tell me if that isn't the karma train on a major role running this guy down. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. But this is what is taking place in a number of jurisdictions when people claim false accusations against law enforcement, and then the body camera footage reveals the truth. And you know what's really interesting about this? The left demands for body-worn cameras to be placed on officers was originally so that, according to the left-leaning politicians and lawmakers, that the people needed to be protected from those racist police officers and those lying police officers who are just out harassing people. And it turns out that those body-worn cameras instead are the best protection a cop can have against people lying about them and making false accusations. So some of these are actually leading to, well, I mean, what, what, should happen. If somebody makes a false complaint against a police officer, whether that complaint is a criminal complaint or a policy complaint, that can have devastating and always detrimental effects on that officer's career. So if it is determined that an individual is making up a story, they should be prosecuted. Making a false report to police is a crime in virtually every state. But it's rarely, rarely used when someone is making a false complaint against a cop. And I think that's something that needs to be addressed.
today, America stands at the crossroads of history. Our actions will determine the fate of our nation. Well, that journey starts here and starts now. We invite you to join us in making the ultimate difference. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters. Turn notifications on and stay in the know. You'll find all that back at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty and justice for all. I got a message for all my active duty law enforcement officers and also uh, my CCW permit holders out there. Um, I just found a new product. Now, this is unsolicited. I'm just I'm going to put this out because I got hold of something called a sticky holster. I've been I've I've been carrying my weapon, my off-duty weapon, or my my uh, revolver, or my semi-automatic, depends on what the mood I'm in, in my pocket for years, because I haven't found a holster that's concealable enough, and it's comfortable enough. So a friend of mine told me about sticky holsters. So I reached out to sticky holsters, and much to my happiness, it turned out that the, that the owner uh, has been following this program and is also a supporter of the Wounded Blue. So he sent me a couple of holsters, and I've been using them regularly now. So I just want to tell you people that if you carry a weapon, go to stickyholsters.com. That's stickyholsters.com. See what they got, because this is the best holster for for, uh, off-duty that I've ever seen. Check it out, stickyholsters.com, and a big thanks to them. For all of my law enforcement, active and retired, great announcement. Something you, especially if you're working, whether you are a patrol officer or you're a chief, you want to listen to this because you want to sign up for this ASAP. The Wounded Blue, which is, of course, the organization that I founded, the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers, is announcing right now for the first time the law enforcement survival summit that is being hosted by the wounded blue at the ahern hotel in las vegas october 28 29 and 30. this is the one training event that you want to attend because it's about everything that involves surviving a law enforcement career. It encompasses physical survival, tactics by two of the most incredible and experienced instructors, Dave and Betsy Smith. They together have uh, have probably saved more lives than, than uh, any other duo in training history. Dr. Kevin Gilmartin, the author of Emotional survival for law enforcement is going to be one of the presenters. Uh, Jason Schechterly, whose story of survival after being incredibly burned in a in a when his patrol car was struck, his story of survival is incredible. He's going to be one of the speakers. There are going to be amazing speakers, presenters, classes, and you don't want to miss this. We're only going to allow. 300 in-person people, and that's in Las Vegas, October 28th through the 30th. And then the night of the 30th is the Brothers in Blue Bash. So go to thewoundedblue.org. That's thewoundedblue.org, 
and you want to register right now for this event because it's going to sell out quick and you do not want to miss it. It just may save your life. Now, never before in our history have we witnessed the level of hatred that is now being waged against our law enforcement. While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called ShopToTheRight.com. It's a new shopping platform that will help you find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America. They support veteran-owned businesses as well as our law enforcement community. This is a time when we need to stick together. We need to shop together and we need to support each other. It's time for you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. ShopToTheRight.com. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement and veterans. I saw a news report the other day, and I want to read it to you and let's and discuss it with you because it's it's showing that there is something happening when it comes down to law enforcement using the courts to right wrongs that are being done to them. So this is a report out of uh, Palo Alto, California. Officers sue California City over a Black Lives Matter mural. One of the images in the mural, which was located in front of City Hall, was a fugitive convicted cop killer. Yeah, you, you heard me right. Five officers have sued the Silicon Valley city of Palo Alto, saying it allowed the creation of a Black Lives Matter mural with anti-police images that constituted harassment and discrimination against law enforcement. I love this. The mural was painted last June in the street across from City Hall following the killing of George Floyd. It was to remain on the street for up to a year, but it was gone by November, which uh, is reported by the Daily Post in Palo Alto. Law enforcement officers, including the plaintiffs, were forced to physically pass and confront the mural and its offensive, discriminatory, and harassing imagery every time they entered the Palo Alto Police Department, the lawsuit said. One of the images, this is one of the insulting images which was deifying Joanne Chesmard, who go, now goes by the name of Sada Shakur. She was convicted in the 1973 killing of a New Jersey State Trooper. She later escaped prison and is now living in Cuba. But the painter of the mural put her face on there and they revered her. This is something that is so patently offensive that I guess I shouldn't be surprised about anything that politicians allow, but they actually paid an artist to create this. 
And every day the officers had to walk by and see the depiction of a woman who murdered one of their brother officers and see her held up as a hero. I'm really interested to see how this lawsuit develops. My guess is, my guess is it's not going to go very far because of the First Amendment, right? But I'm, I'm happy to see that someone's taking some action because, unfortunately, if they don't, it's, um, it's going to can just continue that this blatant, insulting lack of respect is going to continue because certainly it's not because there, there's certainly no conscience on the part of the political left, clearly. I often talk about the war on cops. If you've listened to the show, you know that I refer to that war on cops as being very real. And when I talk about it, I'm not just talking about the physical war on cops. Hundreds of police officers are murdered in the line of duty. And the attacks are constant and consistent. Virtually every day a police officer is attacked. I'm going to give you a startling figure. And the last time that the FBI statistics were available, a couple of years ago, upwards of 58,000 law enforcement officers were physically assaulted in the line of duty. That's an astounding number. You know, and many of these injuries that these officers sustained, some were fatal, many were severe, many were disabling, and so the war on cops is physical, but it's more than that. It, it takes on a different, a different sort of environment when the politicians get involved in it because there, there is truly a war going on politically against the police. I'm going to talk to you about California, what, what they're up to. I mean, almost every time I do a show... Some of the insanity of California is always part of the program. But this is the state of California now. A new law now requires the Attorney General's Office of the state to independently probe all fatal shootings of unarmed subjects. Okay, so what, what usually happens in any major use of force, especially a shooting... There is, a, a, generally speaking, a couple different investigations happening simultaneously. There's uh, the criminal investigation, and then there is the policy investigation by each of the agencies. And there's a lot of different ways that are being used in order to put those investigations into place. But there are huge safeguards uh, put in place so that these are not biased investigations. Generally speaking, a county prosecutor office will make, or district attorney's office, depending on where you live, they're the ones who generally review the shootings and determine if there is any need to find criminally against the police. Well, now that's being taken out of the hands of the people who have been investigating these cases for literally forever. The state Democrat, excuse me, the State Department of Justice 
has opened field offices throughout California to investigate police shootings that kill unarmed civilians and has told law enforcement agencies they must notify the state whenever such an incident occurs. Now, here's what's interesting. This, this, the state has had an anti-law enforcement stance under Gavin Newsom for years. And now they are the ones who have the ability to investigate and then recommend charges against the police. Now, why did they just choose unarmed subjects? Well, because that's the politically most important to them. That's where they make their political points. Now, the, the, the blatant unfairness of this is, is something that is very clear to law enforcement officers. But the danger here is that the state attorney general's office, I, they don't even have, they're not investigators. They're not homicide investigators. They generally speaking, uh, you know, handle things like white collar crime. And for them to now be given carte blanche to do investigations of police shootings, to me, is, is, is a blatant uh, attempt to endanger the police officers and and charge police officers that's what their goal is here there's no there's no doubt about that so now these officers who have already been facing incredible amounts of stress had policies and laws enacted that in in, in essence take take away uh, their protections uh, now they have to look once again at a new assault by the very government that they are serving it's it's really it's really disturbing it's going to once again lead to even less work done by policing because they are afraid to do their jobs so we'll have to see what happens here i i will continue to keep you informed when one of these cases comes up and we get to actually see how these cases are being handled. Uh, it's gonna be really interesting. Because of COVID-19, the average American worries about their immune health four times a day. That's 112 times per year. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains 15 full doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one-a-day pill-free gel pack. It tastes great, is convenient on the go, and it's more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, -E -L -L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. For my active duty officers out there, and actually for all of my officers out there, privacy 
is one of our biggest issues right now with the threats towards law enforcement increasing every single day with officers being doxxed with officers being tracked down and harassed you've got to defend yourself now I had no idea I had no idea how easy it is to find someone on the internet there are literally websites out there that have all of your information and any puke in the world who's got who can search a website can find you you got to defend yourself I know that I'm doing that right now and the only way is officerprivacy.com it's officerprivacy.com here's what they do you contract with them and the, it, the cost is minimal it's a monthly cost it's a, a, a one-time setup fee cheap cheap inexpensive especially for what you get and what you get is peace of mind officerprivacy.com goes through all of these websites and removes your personal information and continues to check it to make sure that it's not going back up there so <clears throat> I'm telling you this is peace of mind that is worth much more than than what they charge you for it uh, I'm doing it you should do it go to officerprivacy.com don't wait for something terrible to happen to you or your family protect yourself right now officerprivacy.com this is a message to all my active duty officers who are thinking about retiring and you're gonna love me because I'm gonna save you tens of thousands of dollars in the future does that sound like a crazy promise alright we all know about insurance now when a, when a police officer retires they usually retire in their you know early 50s and they can't get onto Social Security and and collect on Medicare until they're in their 60s right so what do you do for insurance between health insurance I'm talking about between that time I know what happened to me when I retired I got thrown off of my my plan because I was now a retired cop and I had to go off on my own or the department allowed me to use their insurance but I was paying I'm not kidding you damn close to a thousand dollars a month I still am a thousand dollars a month and I had no choice because that, that was there are no other options out there right well yes there is a new option you are going to love this it's thinbluelinebenefits.com this is real deal no-nonsense health insurance really premium plan and I can tell you right now that if I and I check this out if I could have gone on to this insurance plan when I retired I would have saved myself close to $50,000 over my retirement period since I've been retired. So listen, if you are worried about insurance, and you should be because it's crazy out there, you need to go to thinbluelinebenefits.com. This is, this is really good quality health insurance. They're all over the nation. They really care about their cops. And you do not want to miss this possible opportunity. I can tell you right now. Just this week, uh, an individual who I recommended was able to retire, was able to retire because of getting insurance through thinbluelinebenefits.com. Check it out. You don't want to miss this. Just tell them Randy sent you. Unless you've been living under a rock somewhere, you know that 
the tsunami of violent crime surging across this country is absolutely unprecedented. We're seeing murders in America's inner cities and urban areas just going through the roof. Portland had an 800% rise in violent crime, 800%. Every single democratically controlled major city is seeing violence on a scale that has never ever been seen before. I believe I just heard a statistic the other day that that last year was the most violent year of the 21st century. And it's easy to see why. The attacks against law enforcement politically, socially, the incredible amount of, of actual terminations, prosecutions, basically the, the environmental war against cops is striking. So what's happening? Cops are simply turning away from any aggressive policing. And as a result, we're seeing what of course was going to happen, and that is violent crime at levels that we've never seen before. If there are no consequences, if, if a criminal, a violent criminal knows that they're not going to jail, they're not even going to get arrested probably, then what is it that is going to stop that individual from committing crimes? And the answer, of course, is nothing. So it's, this has now become a major political issue. Crime is on the minds of everyone in America. And every day there's another headline. Every day there's another incredible murder or attack on an innocent that, that devastates a, a family and sometimes even a city. So this has now become a, a, a major political issue for this president, Biden, and his administration. Now, let's be really clear. President Biden is no friend of the police and never has been. He sometimes has, has used, you know, some language, of course, that, uh, that makes nice with the police. But in actions, he's been, an, he's been a negative uh, influence on law enforcement. So, but now that the, there is this issue that's facing his administration, he decided that he was going to invite, quote, leaders, unquote, to the White House to talk crime. And the way they they played this up was that this was going to be a major comprehensive anti-crime conference. Well, it turned out to be nothing. It turned out to be window dressing, just as most of us in law enforcement suspected. Um, he made it sound like like this is they're going to come up with a strategy and the reality is far, far different. The reality is that, that he, he called in a few tame political leaders and a few tame political uh, appointees that are chiefs. He, he didn't bring in any real heavy hitters when it comes down to actual uh, cr uh, criminal 
investigations or or matters that um, would be that would be effective. And the, and, as, and as a result, what did they do? They blame. What came out of it is let's blame the guns. We're going to create task forces to go after gun dealers. Well, the gun dealers aren't the ones committing the crime. The gang members are the ones committing the crime. And yet, you never even heard one reference to criminal gangs, even though it is they who are committing all of these violent acts. Not, of course, not all. But there is a huge, a huge number of homicide victims who are gang-related homicide victims. And, and every cop knows that. And yet, instead of, instead of taking some reality and, and putting forth a strategy that could really affect the crime rate that's, that is climbing every day in America, the president and his advisors simply chose to whitewash it and blame gun dealers and they're going to they're going to have federal task forces they're going to give more resources to get the guns off the street you know it, what's what's such a joke about this is that we have seen this before we've seen violent crime in this country before I've been a cop for a long, long time, and the 70s was a, a devastating time for criminal activity. So were the 80s. And it was basically related to street gangs and, and drugs. That's where the murder rates were really high. And what did we do? We saw that this was the, the issue, and we targeted the the criminal gangs and made arrests and put people in in prison. That's what is the answer here. It's not blaming gun dealers and then and then simply ignoring the fact that it's criminal gangs who are the ones committing the crimes. You have you have this perfect storm now of an environment that advocates criminality, if, if you will. And the reason I say that is because in New York, in California, in a number of other cities, the word, quote, bail reform, unquote, has absolutely turned the criminal justice system on its ear. In the, in the woke political spectrum, bail, posting bail is now being described as being racist. I don't know how that happens, but that's the political left. To post bail after you commit a crime in order to ensure your appearance in court has now been considered racist. So, as a result, there is, in tons of, of violent crimes, just no consequences at all when they commit a crime, they get they get released on a ticket. So, if you're if you're a street gang thug, what do you care about committing a crime? If when it happens, you're you're going to get walked through and not even serve a couple days. That's what's happening. So you have you have bail reform. Then you have 
things like Proposition 47 in California, which, which is one of the most destructive policies and laws that has been put into effect anywhere in America. And yet we're seeing other states adopt something similar. What basically what Proposition 47 did, it was sold, it was given a name, the public safety, whatever, whatever the name was, school safety, I forget what it is. Uh, it was was used as a a label to f- trick people into thinking they were voting for something it was actually going to be an anti-crime bill but what it really did was it reduced the consequences for crime when i say reduce the consequences it made felonies crimes that were felonies into misdemeanors so that there was not a uh a consequence to committing a serious crime. For instance, I'm going to, it's, this is being made public now and still people shake their heads when they hear it. But in California now, you can walk into a store, a Target store or Walgreens or whatever, you can steal 900, up to $950 worth of items and it's no longer a felony crime. It's just simply a shoplifting. So what is happening? Now, when I say $950, I mean you can go into Walgreens and steal $950. You can then walk next door to Target and steal another $950 worth of, worth of items. And then the store next to that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Every one of those is now a misdemeanor crime. It's, it's insane. And what is happening as a result of that is the... Crooks had figured out, well, hell, there's no consequences for for this anyway. So now we've seen these absolutely embarrassingly brazen uh, shopliftings or or thefts all over California, especially in San Francisco and Los Angeles, where they know they're not going to get prosecuted even if they were felonies. And they're so brazen about it. They simply walk in, they're not in a hurry. They load up their arms with, with goods or they, they bring a shopping cart and they just simply walk out. Security is not even allowed to pursue them or engage with them physically. So they're just walking in. Now, what's the, what's the cost of this? these stores are losing millions and millions and millions of dollars and eventually they say you know it doesn't pay for us to even be here and now as a result of that neighborhoods that that really need to have a drugstore are finding themselves without one because they're just pulling up stakes and saying you know what we can't afford to be a business here any longer and they're they're just leaving and there are huge economic downturns from for, for this. You're seeing you're seeing abandoned stores pop up. You're seeing jobs being reduced, and all because of this misguided, insane Proposition 47 that has been in place now for a number of years. Uh, breaking into your car is not even a prosecutable crime any longer. So 
what's happening is the the people the, who live in San Francisco and Oakland and other places, they're not even reporting the crime. Now that's that's a double sided sword too because the left uses the fact that people aren't reporting crime as and holding that up and saying, you see, the crime is going down. It's not going down. People just said, why should I report it? Because nothing's going to happen anyway. And this is what's taking place all across California. And not only California. It's happening in, in other, other locations too. But with the Proposition 47 insanity, that is, that is singularly California. Now, add to, add to that toxic mix the fact that in a lot of these major cities, prosecutors and district attorneys are, are being put into place by George Soros and his minions on the platform of not prosecuting criminals. Instead, they are getting elected into office on the premise of the woke theory of crime, which is, let's not put anybody in jail, and except the police. Let's put the police in jail anytime we can. You have, you have the district attorney in Los Angeles, Gascon, who without a doubt is one of the most incredible leftist, useless district attorneys in the entire nation. Now he's followed by actually the, this he was the predecessor. Gascon was the district attorney in San Francisco before he was the district attorney in Los Angeles. Which go figure that one out. And it, he he led the assault on law enforcement and the downgrading of criminality or of, of crime there. Well now Chesa Bowden is the elected district attorney who's and, and his claim to fame is that he is the son of two radical leftist murdering terrorists. Yeah you heard me right. Both his parents were terrorists. And he grew up in that environment and when both his parents went to prison for murdering police officers he was taken in by even more leftists. And his philosophies, of course, are, we're not going to prosecute criminals. That's, that's, that's not what we're going to do. We're going to go prosecute cops. And that's what's happened. So as a result, you're seeing the cities deteriorating into something that resembles a science fiction movie, such as Escape from New York. Or, in some cases, it, it, it looks like The Purge. And that's what's happening. And for the life of me, I cannot figure out how this, the people who live in Los Angeles and San Francisco, are they, are they such imbeciles that they would willingly put someone into office who's going to jeopardize their lives and property and safety? Would they knowingly do that, or is it because there is such apathy 
that the only persons going to the polls are those who have an agenda. I don't understand. I, I truly don't. I can't for the life of me figure it out. But one thing is for sure, until the people of this country and these cities say they've had enough and put somebody into the office of district attorney or prosecutor that will actually prosecute, this violent tsunami is going to continue. And this is something that that uh, I don't I don't see an end to at this moment, and that's pretty scary, pretty scary indeed. In the last story, I talked about the activist district attorneys, and I, I mentioned Gascon, and also the San Francisco district attorney Bowden. There is actually an active recall in place right now. Uh, where the voters are going to have to vote on to recall Gascon. And I am praying that the voters do the right thing here because he is a absolute looney tune leftist. Well, there's also a recall effort for, Ga for Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. And, uh, He's part and parcel of the problem, too. His goal is to just empty the prisons. So it's really interesting that, that these recall efforts have popped up. Now, I want to talk about another district attorney who is who rivals in the sense of her absolute failure to prosecute. I, I don't know if this is incompetence, although I suspect that incompetence plays a major role here, uh, but also the the left-leaning political machinations of this of this district attorney are are off the charts. And I'm talking about St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner. Kim Gardner is without a doubt one of the one of the most incompetent prosecutors in this country who, of course, was elected on an anti-law enforcement platform. But she has proven to be one of the worst of the worst. And now she's taking a lot of heat because her office is so incompetent. In one week, in one week, three murderers were released by the courts because of their incompetence and failure to even show up to prosecute. It's astounding. So the St. Louis, this is from a news report, St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner is under fire after a judge drops murder charges against an accused killer. The unusual move came after the prosecutor from Gardner's office, who was assigned to the case, didn't show up in court. Now the chairman of the St. Louis Aldermaniac Public Safety Committee, good God, what is that name that is, wants to call Gardner in front of his committee to explain the incident. Well, that was only one. In one week, three murderers were released because of the incompetence or the willful negligence of Kim Gardner. And she's now trying to backpedal and, and, and blame everybody else for 
the reality of her incompetence. In fact, one of the chief district attorneys just quit because while she was out on maternity leave, somebody was, and who, we don't know, used her e-signature in order to move cases around, which include, which include those of murder suspects. So she, out of a sense of incredible frustration, just said, I quit. Oh, by the way, 80 prosecutors have quit since Kim Gardner took office. That is a massive amount of prosecutors. She ran a bunch of them off because they didn't agree with her politically, but many have just have, have just had enough. And so what are they doing? They just they, they just can't deal with it anymore. So the, the but this so this committee that's calling for her to appear doesn't matter because they don't have the ability to do anything to her anyway. Unless there's some something like an impeachment process that's in place. But I guarantee you they're not going to do it. More window dressing. But what we're seeing is this type of activist district attorney in power, using that power for their own political gains and benefits and to push forth a leftist agenda that is endangering everybody in that community. You let a, a murderer out of jail and what's to keep that individual from murdering somebody else or committing another violent crime? Because it's happening over and over and over and over again. So that's that's what's happening in, uh, in America with politics and with prosecutors. And we're about out of time, so I'm going to have to get off my soapbox here and we're going to go into... Uh, into the next room where we're going to pay our respects to um, to a real hero. I want to tell you about an organization that I'm going to ask you to support. It's called the Wounded Blue, and you can see it at thewoundedblue.org. They are the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers. Now, by uh, I have to tell you the truth, and that is that I am the founder of that organization and the national director. What do they do? They provide peer support for injured and disabled officers all over the United States. They have a team of dedicated police officers, all who have been shot or stabbed or beaten or run over or faced psychological trauma, and they know exactly what these men and women are going through today. It's free, of course, because this is a national nonprofit charitable organization. They don't take any fees. Nobody makes any money on this deal. This is just about helping those men and women who have sacrificed so much for their communities and their country. Check it out at thewoundedblue.org. Your support is is really needed. These men and women uh, have been abused in ways you can't even imagine. In fact, if you got a moment, go to amazon.com and look at our documentary film called the Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. You will be shocked. Check it out, thewoundedblue.org, and support these men and women. Thank you. It was a vision that gave birth to a unique multimedia platform that would combine classic talk radio, great writers, and memorable podcasts and videos. AmericaOutloud.com 
is a conservative leader in a field that is predominantly run by far-left progressive globalists. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. End of Watch with Randy Sutton. Each week here on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, we pay our respects to the men and women of the profession who have made the ultimate sacrifice and given their lives in the line of duty. We have a name to read today. His name is Sergeant Joshua Blake Bartlett of the Lubbock County Sheriff's Office in Texas. Sergeant Josh Bartlett was shot and killed during a barricade at a home in the 1100 block of 10th Street in Laville Land. Earlier in the morning, the subject had been stopped by a Texas Highway Patrol trooper for reckless driving and attempted to bait the officer into a confrontation. The subject returned home after the encounter and began walking around the neighborhood with a firearm at about 1.15 p.m. When officers from the Leveland Police Department arrived, the man opened fire on him and then barricaded himself inside. The regional SWAT team was requested as the man randomly fired shots from the home. Sergeant Bartlett and three other members of the SWAT team were shot as they engaged the subject. Sergeant Bartlett was transported to Covenant Medical Center in Leveland where he succumbed to his wounds. Several other team members were wounded, one critically. The subject was taken into custody about 11.30 p.m. Sergeant Bartlett was a United States Army veteran. Sergeant Joshua Blake Bartlett, Lubbock County Sheriff's Office, Texas. End of watch, Thursday, July 15th, 2021. May he rest in peace. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement here on the America Out Loud Network. I really do appreciate you tuning in. Now, you can find me at Facebook under the voice of American law enforcement, and I really do welcome your comments and your suggestions. And also, I ask you to support the organization that does so much for our injured and disabled officers, thewoundedblue.org. Check them out at thewoundedblue.org. And uh, once again, I will see you again next week where we will once again talk about all things law enforcement here at Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. It's Randy Sutton signing off. Hello, this is Lieutenant Randy Sutton, the host of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. I am a 34-year police veteran. I am also the founder and CEO of an organization that stands behind injured and disabled law enforcement officers. It is called The Wounded Blue. Our website is thewoundedblue.org. We have produced a film. It is an important film. I urge you to watch it. The film details what happens when a police officer or law enforcement officer is shot or stabbed or beaten or disabled, seriously injured in the line of duty. Most people think they are taken care of medically and financially. The reality may be quite different. It is called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. The film is available on Amazon, iTunes, and the Microsoft Store.